fascinating. Isn't that a good truth to really put in our hearts that uh, the Lord never fails? You want to want to grab onto that, hang onto that, latch onto that, and uh, keep that in your heart. That's one of the blessings of singing these songs uh, through those uh, through the uh, years like that. Just hiding the Word of God in the heart and in the life, and uh, just so special. So thank you. Thank you for that song. We're in Matthew chapter 5. I need you to stand with me tonight as we read together a portion of the Word of God, if you're able to, uh, to do so. Matthew chapter 5. And uh, we'll, um, I, let me just have you do this with me tonight. Let's uh, quote it here together. want you to memorize this as families, as individuals. Uh, let's try it again. How many do we have have, has, have memorized Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. There's one. No, we've got a few over here. Anybody else? We've got some back here. Wow, what we're, getting, we're adding to this. And uh, so that's a blessing. Be really neat that by the time that we get through this, uh, everybody here can quote it. And uh, I really don't want to preach on this for five years. Okay, I'd like you to get it before <laughs> that time. So Matthew chapter 5, verse number 1, though I would say this, there's enough truth in this to preach on this for five years, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, go on to other things. Matthew 5, verse 1, let's read it together. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Back up with me to verse number 7. Let's read this together, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That will be our focus here this evening. If you join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. It's so good to be in this place. And Lord, we thank you that you never, ever, ever fail. And that every promise that you've given is true, that we can trust it and cling to it, that it can be a solid rock on which to build a foundation. Lord, I pray here tonight that you would help as we preach this very important topic. And Lord, you know every need in this place. And I pray tonight that our hearts would be challenged with the, uh, the great price that has been paid, uh, how in you truth and mercy are met together. And uh, through the price and the blood that you've shed for us, uh, you have extended mercy. And Lord, help us likewise to extend your mercy to the lives of others, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated this evening. Uh, just uh, begin here giving a little bit of a background and, and uh, testimony as to, as to the meaning here. Merciful, what a, what a great word. And uh, being mercy, blessed are the merciful. Uh, simply means uh, being compassionate, uh, tender, uh, a willingness to forgive the offenses of the offender. Uh, merciful can mean uh, pity, compassion manifested towards a person in distress. Uh, somebody said that grace and mercy are closely related. Uh, grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, and that would be related to salvation. 
For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so God has extended his grace to us. And, and then mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Uh, we deserve hell. We deserve punishment. Our sin is real. And God is holy. And a holy God is right to judge our sin. But in mercy, God does not give us through Christ what we deserve. And so we'll build upon that here this evening. Now God tells us, blessed are the merciful. Uh, the merciful, they're, they're happy, they're blessed of God. It's really the opposite of what the world teaches. And every one of these Beatitudes is completely opposite of what the world would express or expect of us. Uh, the world, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Uh, to rise to the top, you have to put others down. Uh, in the eyes of the world, if you're going to be the king, uh, you've got to step on everybody else to get there, to rise to that position. Uh, the world teaches that you've got to destroy the enemy. Uh, we can sure to see this in the political realm. In the political realm, it's war. You have to destroy your opponent to rise. It's interesting, so many of the campaigns now, politically speaking, it's not so much as to what I can do for you and why you should vote for me, but a lot of the emphasis is look at how bad my opponent is and look out how my opponent has failed and look at what a mess my opponent's life is and look at all the things that my opponent has done. And so it's put down the opponent in order that you would not so much vote for me, but you're voting against my opponent. And that's kind of the attitude of our world today. In the business world, they tell us that the big fish eat the little fish and that eventually the big fish conquers because he's the strong one. And so this is the eyes of the world. If you, if you go back into the Roman Empire of Jesus' day, mercy was a sign of weakness. If you showed mercy to your opponent, you were weak. You destroyed your enemy. And the idea in the Roman world, it was a fight till death. And so if you were going to conquer, you had to kill your enemy. You had to put that enemy to death. Uh, but in the midst of that Roman world, Christ comes on the scene. And here's Christ possessing all power, all authority. And yet from that position of power, that position of authority, Christ offered mercy to the world that did not deserve it. And then he expressed to his followers, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And so that philosophy went completely contrary to the mindset of the world. Now what we're going to do tonight, we're just going to begin delving into a few thoughts here about blessed are the merciful. And, and first of all, where does mercy originate from? And, and really God's mercy supplied. Where does mercy come from? What is the basis of mercy? And we know tonight that mercy begins with God. Okay, God has certain attributes. Uh, God is all-powerful. There's nothing God cannot do. God is all-knowing. There's nothing God does not know. God knows all about you. God knows your thoughts afar off. Uh, God is everywhere present. There's nowhere that you can go to hide from God. He sees all things. He knows all things. And God is truth. God cannot lie. Everything about God is truthful. God is honest. The Word of God is truth. Of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, God is holy. God is righteous. God is without sin. And because God is holy, 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 God must judge sin. And the Bible teaches very clearly that God cannot and will not allow sin into heaven. Uh, we know tonight that God is love, and God is perfect in that love. These are attributes of God, and these are uh, every, uh, always consistent. Uh, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so these attributes of God never change. Now, God's truth and righteousness, as it relates to mankind, becomes wrath and judgment. Because man is rebellious. Man is sinful. And man is worthy of God's judgment. The ways of God are so far and so high above the ways of man. God is infinite. Man is finite. Uh, God's love, however, becomes God's grace and God's mercy as it relates to man. You think about this, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, but you realize that God loved every single person, and yet not all people are saved. But God's mercy is God's love related to man. God's grace is God's love related to man. And so God offers to man that has sinned against Him. Uh, he pities man, and God offers mercy to man, and then God offers grace, genuine salvation, not on the basis of man and his goodness, but on the basis of Christ and his goodness. And so God offers salvation, a home in heaven, and forgiveness. Now, this is very important to understand how God's mercy and God's righteousness fit hand in hand and together. Now, God's mercy comes to us through Jesus Christ. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 85, and we're going to examine a lot of Scripture here this evening, so I'm going to have you get your Bibles going. I, I love to do this on Wednesday night and just take and, and look through Scripture and examine exactly what does the Bible teach. Uh, Psalm 85, there is an important statement, and uh, I want to begin here, verse number 9, Psalm 85, verse number 9. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. But notice the statement here, verse 10, very important statement. It says, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Now, mercy and truth met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. That happened in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Christ is truth, Christ is holy, Christ is righteous. The Lord Jesus Christ is without sin, and yet He cannot overlook sin, but He made a way that God's mercy and peace could be extended to us. Now Christ knows the truth about our sin, because He knows all things. There's nothing hidden from Him. He knows every lie that you've ever told. He knows every wrong thought. He knows every act of rebellion. He knows all about you. He knows things about you that you don't even know about yourself. He knows your thought afar off, and yet he's willing, knowing all of this, to show mercy to us. Now, here's the key tonight. Jesus is able to show mercy to us because of his work on the cross. Now, on the cross... Mercy 
and truth were met together. Follow me. On the cross, he was made to be sin for us. On the cross, he bore our transgressions. On the cross, he faced the wrath of God. On the cross, because of the weight of sin that was placed upon Jesus Christ, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The weight of sin was placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father turned his back upon God the Son because God the Son bore the weight of my sin and your sin upon the cross. Every act of sin that has ever been committed, that was placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And because he paid the debt for us upon the cross, God's judgment, God's wrath was satisfied and thus Christ is able to extend mercy. Mercy and truth are met together on the cross. You see, from the cross, Jesus proclaimed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, because he bore the weight of your sin. And from the cross, he cried out, It is finished. The price is paid. There's no more to be done. It was on the cross that mercy and truth met together. See, understand tonight, in the world's view of mercy, and this is why the world sees mercy as weakness, but it's far from weakness. He did not sweep sin under the rug. He did not ignore sin. He paid the debt for sin, and because the debt for sin was paid, he was able to extend mercy to a lost and dying world. That's very important to understand that mercy and truth are met together. See, mercy doesn't overlook the sin. It paid the sin debt. It died for the sin debt and then is able to extend the forgiveness of God through that grace. Now, I think that's so easily explained. If you go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 3, there's a, a very important passage that expresses this very thought to us this evening. In Romans, chapter 3, verse number 23, Romans 3, verse number 23. You know this, very familiar verse. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me, that's each and every one of us. Being justified, that's just as if I'd never sinned. Freely, by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare, listen to this, his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. That's mercy and truth met together. God is righteous, God is just, God must deal with sin, and yet God justifies the sinner through the Lord Jesus Christ and extends his mercy. Well, that'll make you shout when the, the extent of that really, or really infiltrates the heart and the mind. And so we would, we would see God's mercy supplied through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what I, what I want to do is we look at God's mercy supplied. I, I want to go through a lot of scripture tonight and let's see through the scripture God's mercy described for us. Somebody explained, it is mercy that pities, and it's grace that pardons. And so as we look at, at the Word of God, and you can see this definition 
of God's mercy described throughout his word. Let's go to the book of Genesis. I want to start in chapter 19 and, and get your Bibles going. So we're going to, to examine a lot of scripture. You might want to write these down. This will make a great study for you to uh, do in family devotions and just to look at the aspect of God's mercy. Uh, Genesis chapter 19, this is in regards to Lot. And we know that according to the book of Peter, Lot was a saved man. Though he was not a godly Christian, Lot was away from the Lord, made some wrong decisions. I see in Lot a real testimony of eternal security. We see through Lot a man, though say, are saved yet out of the will of God, yet saved, we might say, by the skin of his teeth and saved by simply God's grace. But in Genesis chapter 19, look with me, verse number 16, and we know the account, the angels have come to rescue Lot from the city of Sodom. God is going to pour his judgment out upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And while he lingered, this is speaking of Lot, the man laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. Now Lot, when you understand the background, did not deserve what God did for him at that point. Uh, Lot was out of the will of God. Uh, Lot never should have gone down to Sodom. It's evident that Lot followed the lusts of his flesh and he headed towards Sodom because there was a good business proposition there. He lost his family. He lost his testimony. But the Lord, being merciful to him, grabbed a hold of Lot. Notice how Lot describes it in verse 19. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy. Lot recognized this. This was God's merciful uh, uh, treatment of Lot. God looked at Lot in pity. Now, turn with me, and, and I think it's further described many psalms, but let's go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, and this is uh, one of my favorite psalms. I, I love Psalm 103. God has used this over and over in my life. Psalm 103, beginning at verse number 1, reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. I want you to skip to verse number 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west so far, hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children. And we mentioned that mercy is pity and compassion. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Aren't you thankful for that? In verse number 15, as for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. And I believe this is very important upon them that fear him because remember, mercy 
and truth are met together in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, God so loved the world, but not all of the world is saved. It's those that fear the Lord that the mercy of God is extended to. And the reason for this is that mercy doesn't just sweep sin under the rug. Sin must be paid for, and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ that the mercy of God is obtained. And so he gives mercy from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. Now, I want to go to Psalm 106, Psalm 106, and um, you can see a special thought here concerning God's mercy and as he dealt with his children, the children of Israel. And I believe the children of Israel, picture of saved people. Uh, in Psalm 106, verse number 1, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Now this psalm describes the wilderness journeys of the children of Israel. And in this psalm we see how merciful God was to the children of Israel, we might say despite themselves. In verse number 6, Psalm 106, We have sinned with our fathers, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not the wonders in Egypt, they remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake that he might make his power known, our power to be known. I want you to skip down to verse 43 because this entire psalm gives this very similar uh, meaning. In Psalm 106, verse 43, Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. You see, God dealt with them in pity, and God, as they cried out unto the Lord, extended his mercy. In verse 46, he made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Psalm 107, very similar thoughts. Verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. We go to verse number four. Uh, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And we see this in this psalm over and over and over. He heard their cry, and he extended mercy unto them. And uh, we don't have time to read through all of this psalm tonight, but you can see this thought of how God pitied them when they cried out to him and extended his mercy. Psalm 118, Psalm 118. In Psalm 118, verse number one, reads, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. And he gives a psalm just describing God's pity and care for his people. Verse 29, he completes the psalm, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's go to Psalm 136, uh, an entire psalm about the mercies of God, how God pities his children. In Psalm 136, we see that 
in creation, he starts just as we read in Psalm 118, O give thanks unto the Lord for his good, for his mercy endureth forever. And you'll notice after every one of the 26 verses in this psalm, his mercy endureth forever. Now we could break it down. We find that in creation, he was merciful. Verse 5, to him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. Do you realize in God's creation, he was merciful to man? Uh, he made all for mankind. He was so good to man. In verse number 11 and 12, in salvation, he's merciful. He speaks of deliverance, and he brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever with a strong hand, with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. It speaks of the deliverance from Egypt, but that's a picture of our deliverance in salvation, and it was in his mercy. Uh, in deliverance, he's merciful. Verse number 17. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever, and slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, the king of Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And he says in verse 24, he hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. And in deliverance, God is merciful. And how many times in the life of a Christian, maybe sin has had a bondage in your life, and you've cried out unto the Lord, and in mercy, God had pity upon you, and God reached down and delivered you from that sin and gave you victory there. That's his mercy. And then in verse 25, in provision, he's merciful, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Aren't you thankful tonight that God extends his mercy and his provision over and over? In Lamentations chapter 3, verse number 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. I want you to go back to Psalm 89. Psalm 89 is a really precious psalm, and it's describing David and his understanding of God's mercies uh, here. Psalm 89, verse number 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. In verse number 14, uh, justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. And then we go to verse number 20. I have found David my servant with my holy oil, have I anointed him, uh, with whom my hand shall be established, mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. See, David knew that it was God's mercies that raised him up. And it was God's mercies that would keep him. It was God's mercies that would forgive him. And it's very evident this psalm can really be used to show eternal security. And then when God has a hold of a life, when one is truly born again, God will never let go of them. In verse number 28, my mercy will I keep him forevermore. And my covenant shall stand fast with him. Friend, the moment I called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's mercy was extended unto me because Jesus paid the debt that I owe. And uh, friend, if it were up to me, I could not keep myself. I could not make it to heaven. But over and over, his mercies endure forever. And if you knew all that I am and all that I have been, you would kick me out of this pulpit right now. But I'm so thankful that God has been faithful to me despite me. 
and God keeps me, God holds me, and God does that for each of his children, just as he said he would do so with David. Uh, it's not deserved, it's not earned, but God paid the debt for us. Now, I want you to go with me to the New Testament. We're going to have to hustle through this. God's mercy to man comes through Jesus Christ. And let's just look at a few examples. Let's start in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. Matthew, chapter 9. And let's begin here at verse number 27. Matthew, chapter 9, verse number 27. Uh, we read here of two blind men. This is in Galilee that came to Jesus. In Matthew 9, verse number 27, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou, Son of David, have mercy on us. And they're looking to Jesus for pity. Have pity on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. And so we read the mercy of the Lord extended to these blind men. If you go to uh, Matthew chapter 20, you see a very similar account, but this is in Jericho. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 30. Matthew 20, verse number 30, And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And Jesus stood still, called them, and said, What will you that I shall do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. And Jesus had compassion on on them, and you'll find often mercy and compassion are related together. And he touched their eyes, immediately their eyes received their sight, and they followed him. Many other examples we could find here. I want you to give, uh, give one more Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I love this account here. And it's a great expression of God's mercy. Luke chapter 18 and verse number 9. Luke chapter 18, verse number 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not so much as lift his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let me tell you, the issue here is mercy and truth were met together in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's a man that recognized his need of mercy. He understood the holiness of God. And he turned to the Lord Jesus Christ unworthily. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he found the mercy of the Lord. The other exalted himself, never understood the debt that was paid for his sin. Never understood that he was a sinner. And as a result, he went away from the temple, a lost man. Mercy and truth. See, God's mercy came at a price. It was the cost of the blood of Jesus. It was his life. God's justice had to be satisfied. Mercy is free to us because in Christ, mercy and truth are met together. God's mercy supplied through Christ. 
God's mercy is described throughout the Word of God. I want to very quickly touch on this thought, thought tonight, God's mercy applied. And this is where the Bible said, blessed are the merciful. Had to lay a foundation because when we have experienced God's mercy, we're to extend that mercy. And you understand something tonight, you can't extend something that you've not received. Until you've received the mercy of the Lord, until it's been real to you, you'll never understand how to grant that mercy unto others. Now, let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4 tonight. Ephesians chapter 4. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In Ephesians chapter 4, we go all the way to the end of the chapter in verse number 31. Here the Lord speaking to his children, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be a kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. When we have experienced God's mercy, we can extend it to others. We hurt God through our sin. Our sin was very costly. Uh, God has the right and the power to judge us, to condemn us, but through Christ. He extended mercy. And what the Bible teaches is just as we have received mercy, we are to grant that mercy to those who have wronged us. And I guarantee you tonight, there's nobody that has wronged you to the extent that you wronged Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Very similar thought. Verse number 8. He's speaking again to those that are saved. And he says, but now... You also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And it's through Christ that we can extend this mercy. Verse number 12, put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. One of the great examples of this in the Bible, and for the sake of time, we'll not look it up. I'll just describe it. You know the story. It's Joseph and his brethren. His brothers sold him into slavery. They were guilty. In fact, they even talked of murdering Joseph. Joseph spent 13 years in slavery and in prison, and then his brothers came to Egypt. They didn't recognize Joseph. And then eventually, in Genesis 45, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. Now, one thing is very evident. It's a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. Joseph did not overlook their sin. In fact, it's evident that Joseph put them in positions. He dealt with his brothers in a certain way until he was certain of their repentant spirit. And then he revealed himself unto them, and then he showed them mercy. He said, you meant it to me for evil, but God meant it for good. Joseph was in a position of power. He had authority. He could have cast his brothers into prison. He could have made his brothers pay the debt that they owed for what they had done unto him. But from that position of power, though hurt by them, he was willing to forgive them and extend the mercy of God on their behalf. But it didn't stop there. Joseph then from that point extended God's mercy and continued to care for their families and continued just as the Lord when you're saved, he reaches and extends that mercy to you. But from that point, he continues that mercy as David expressed 
and over and over his provision and care for your life. The mercies of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting. And Fred, here's the thought tonight. God's mercy supplied through Christ. God's mercy is described throughout the word of God. And then God's mercy is extended and applied from your life to the lives of others. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Uh, Lord willing, on Sunday, uh, boy, I had so much to preach tonight, but what we're going to deal with on Sunday, we're going to get right down to the heart, to the nitty-gritty here on Sunday and make some applications that are so important. I want you to pray for this on Sunday. Every head